Hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of Listen to These Nerds. Uh, today we are continuing our adventures of Heroes of Pacific City in the Sentinel Comics RPG system. My name is Harry, and I will be the GM for this evening. Uh, joining me tonight are... Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm going to be reprising the role of Carsonon. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'll be playing Brandon Hart, otherwise known as Mr. Medium. I'm John, and I'm going to be playing Epimethea. And I'm Jonathan, and I'm going to be playing Evelyn Kinglet, also known as the Pelicanetic. All right, so we are going to pick up pretty much exactly where we left off. Uh, you guys just bagged one big old hagfish mm. and handed it over to Hit for analysis and, you know, other such things of, what could we use all of this slime for? Just so yeah, much yeah, slime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm, and, uh, but after that, uh, Epimethea, at least for what that you're aware of, and Carson, you'd also be aware of this, um, uh -huh. you still have now a couple hours before whatever mysterious black box that's part of Nat activates effectively. Ah, uh, so how do we know that something with Nat is going to activate? Just to clarify. Um... Epimethea, or Cassandra in this case, was checking the code to make sure there wasn't any, like, you know, latent, you know, betray betrayal.exe in the programming. Ah, uh, Manchurian candidate programs. Precisely. And uh, basically, she discovered that there was a section of the code that was encrypted, so Nat couldn't access it. Oh. Uh, but it was time delayed. Oh. So you, you kind of know the gist of that, because Epimethea, like, specifically told you, like, hey, something's happening with Nat in, like, the next couple of hours, swing by the base. Oh, but okay, other thanks. than you two, like, you two are the only two that are really aware of this happening. Huh, I see. Okay. Uh, in that case, yeah, after she tells me that, um, yeah, I guess I'm going to be messaging you. How many other, uh, do we want to let the other teammates know about this? I, I don't think it's necessarily something we need to hide uh okay i i think that honestly i i don't even know if it's going to be something necessarily terrible but we're we should everyone should be aware uh just in case you know something malicious happens yeah i agree okay uh let's so, get yeah on the uh, i'll say at this point like you know the crowds that you kind of were like you know taking Instagram photos with and stuff that I just uh, gathered because Epimethea decided to break out Hypnos Giga Breaker Arrow. Mm. Not what it's called, but... Mm. I mean, it's Hypnos Arrow is cool, but we could make it a little bit cooler. Just a little bit. Unlike Jean, Cassandra is not a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a disgusting ugh, weeb. <laughs> And then we're going to find out that, like, Jean's going to come into the base one day and find Epimethea watching Lucky Star. She's going to be like, no! Mm. All right, so... But yeah, so the crowds have kind of dispersed, and you're kind of, like, you know, the the hagfish has been taken away, and pretty much yeah. things, uh, the events from last session have been winding down considerably. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. So we're just... Are we still at the docks then? Uh, yes, I will say so. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to... Yep, get everybody else on, uh, you know, group chat, and everyone, you're going to want to come over here and take a look at this. All right. Uh, Mr. Medium uh, sends a thumbs up, but it but it's a thumbs up with, like, a flexing muscle arm. <laughs> so you, like, group text us, even though we're all kind of, like, standing next to each other? I, I mean, I'm talking to you guys like a person. Okay. <laughs> oh, Mr. Medium still does that. <laughs> all right. 
The thumb has tiny muscles that it flexes. <laughs> okay. Um, what the? What are we uh, chicken out here, cursing on? Yeah. Did we miss some of that hagfish slime? No, What's no. Going that's... on. I mean, we may very well have. There's just so fucking much of it, but no, our concern isn't that. It's about Nat and the uh, program that is. Uh, well, maybe I should let you take a look for yourselves. And no. I'm going to, uh, yep, uh, show them the details of what's going on with Nat. I so, mean, the, the details, like, are, like, if you look at the code, it, it it's a it's a lot of, like, remember that error message you showed us, Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like that, where it's like, you know, uh, activate this, sir, like, a bunch of, like, stuff. Variable names. Yeah, Equal no error, comment. Error. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... The so Gene's looking at this phone, then he looks at Carson. He's like, "Did do you think I can read this? Because if so, I appreciate it." Mr. Mr. Medium is stroking his chin and nodding his head as if he gets it, but the <laughs> text box above his head head says doesn't get it at all. <laughs> okay. Emilia, think you could give them the Cliff Notes version? Uh, yeah, maybe so... we should probably you know skedaddle so that we can get this from Delphi. Not unless you know Gene looks around, you know, prying eyes and all that. Yep. Delphi, um, why don't we talk about this more back at the base? Mm-hmm. Okay, so back yeah. Back the base. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, you guys get back to the base. Uh, when you do, you can actually see that, like, Nat is kind of, like, pacing back and forth and, like, rubbing their hands a bit nervously. It's oh. obvious that whatever this code is, it's kind of getting to them. Like, I mean, uh-huh. how would you feel if you went to the doctor one day and the doctor was like, yeah, you got two hearts. We don't know why, but you do. And more mm. like you have a mystery organ, and we're yeah. not sure what it does. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna yeah, find out what it does in seven hours. <laughs> yeah, because I, because I would love to have two hearts. That sounds sick. Yeah, best cardio ever. Incredibly high blood pressures. You get a paper clip, and it's like a Kurosawa film. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, you can tell that they are like kind of nervous about this because they don't know what the hell this thing is. They very clearly don't know what this thing is either. And then when, like, she notices you guys come in through one of the tunnels, she's like, oh, uh, you're back. Uh, glad to see you handled that fairly well. Yeah, um, thankfully, uh, wasn't too, too much of a concern, but it got, uh, dicey at points. Anyway, um, I understand something's going on. How are, how are you holding up? I mean, I'm fine for now. I've taken a look at the code as much as I could. It doesn't seem to be actively harmful to me, but still, you'd be a bit well, perturbed if there was something that your creator designed that even you weren't aware about. Mr. Medium slams both of his hands on the table super loud and stares into Nat's eyes. So Nat, like, visibly jumps at this, like, ah! Mr. Medium gives, st- stands there for probably too long, <laughs> um, looking at him, and raises his hands on the table. He checks out. Seems fine to me. So Gene finally goes like, okay, Delphi, uh, you mind explaining what the hell's going on? Well, um, essentially there's some sort of timer in, in Nat's code that I hadn't uh, detected before, and it's going to cause uh, some sort of mechanical reaction to uh, a piece of their chest that I don't know what it does because it's completely black, black boxed from the rest of the... Um, the rest of their uh, anatomy. I can't remove it because it's too central, but I, and I can't uh, 
and I don't want to temper tamper with it in case it, you know, is dangerous in some way. So right now we're sort of just waiting out the timer. All right. Huh. Um, and and how long do we have on the timer? Uh, you've got about, I'd say right now, about three and a half hours. Okay, so on a scale of um, just sit it out to uh, call your loved ones, how, how nervous are we about this? Yeah, like, I don't know exactly what a mechanical reaction is, but, like, my first thought about this is a, um, uh, you know, a bomb of some sort. And clearly, like, Nat is kind of like, ah, oh, like, it was one of those things Gene probably shouldn't have said, and he, like, realized it almost immediately, like, that, sorry, it's just, you know, timers and all that. It's a little cliche. I doubt it. Usually, uh, bombs are portrayed in media a little differently than in real life. Generally. Plus, plus there's no ticking! If there if there was a bomb, we'd be ticking! Could is we that... please stop talking as if this thing in my chest is a bomb, please? It's not... not look, I am telling you, it's obviously not... There's no ticking! No, um, he, I... he has a point. If, if some villain was going to be campy and, and cliche enough to, to do something like that, there would be ticking. And I put a hand on Nat's shoulder. And if somebody wanted to be subtle about this, they wouldn't have included a visible timer for the victims to figure this out. Yeah, no half-assing it. Well, that's at least a little reassuring, I guess. Still, I wish there was something that we could do to kind of suss out what it is, rather than just waiting. I suppose this is anxiety? Yeah, that's uh, a very, um, very ordinary emotion that a lot of us feel. So, yeah, uh, so you have about three and a half hours, um, unless somebody wants to do something specific regarding the, um, the reveal, as it were, um, we can just skip right ahead to that, more or less. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna make preparations, like, uh, make sure my armor and my bullet and my firearm are slime-free, load up <laughs> on additional rounds, just, uh, prepare. Just sitting Everyone in front considers. of Nat loading your gun. Oh, in another room. <laughs> Mr. Okay. Medium has set up a lawn chair and has a bag of popcorn. Uh, I was just gonna say Evelyn was considering making popcorn, but maybe thought that would be in bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. Medium already did it. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess if we're just gonna wait it out, so Gene's also gonna like, uh, like sit down not in the lawn chair, but one of the chairs that's in the the base, basically. Mm. I mean, and, if I had uh, a few yeah. days, maybe a week, I could maybe figure something out. But but three hours? I don't know anything about this computer system. No way. Hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, technology is not really my fort. Usually when I try and use key eye on it, it tends to cause it to like blue screen or whatever. So I'm no help here. And so, yeah, uh, I'm going to say basically there's like a lot of panels of like you guys sort of sitting around like the base kind of just waiting this out, like maybe occasionally uh -huh. playing cards. And then eventually we get to like within the last 30 seconds. And, you know, timer keeps ticking King down. King me! Down. <laughs> we're, we're playing bridge! And, uh, yeah, I'm and as you say this, oh, uh, guys, 17 seconds and counting. Oh, shit, yeah. All right, so you, we Mr. all... Mr. Pulls, pulls his chips into himself <laughs> suspiciously. Swaps cards with somebody else. So, yeah, it counts down. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3 two, one. And then all of a sudden, as if like a light bulb, like that, like that look somebody gets when a light bulb goes off in their head, Nat suddenly has it and goes, oh, um, well, I guess that was it then. 
Um, let me see if I can activate it. And then all of a sudden, like, you hear, like, a mechanical sound from inside their chest, and Nat just goes, oh, dear. And Nat's torso begins to expand. Um, like, it first starts to get, like, very wide, and then it starts to get, like, tall until it's about the size of, like, a, like a, a smallish flat-screen television. And as you can, like, do this, there's, like, mechanical worrying and various, like, you know, pressure, like, systems things. And then eventually it sort of settles, and Nat has this, like, large cavity that's now in their expanded torso. And it looks like it's got a sort of, like, nozzle and, um, like, uh, a platform for something. And you also notice that, like, on the back of Nat, something has, like, expanded outward as well that kind of looks like a hopper. And Nat's just kind of standing there, now significantly wider, like, well, that seems to be it? So I'm going to say that Epimethea, you recognize what this thing is now that it's expanded almost immediately. It kind of looks like a 3D printer. Hmm. Um, and now you can kind of like get a better look at it because it's expanded outward. And you realize that this isn't just uh, like a like. So I'm assuming you start examining it. Yes. Yeah. So you Mr. start medium go- puts down the folding chair that was raised above his head. <laughs> So wait, we've been waiting this whole time for... Is that a soft serve machine? <laughs> <laughs> so Epimethea, so um, uh, Epimethea, you get in a little closer, you start taking a look at it, and you realize that this isn't just like a 3D printer. It's almost like an extremely rudimentary version of your matter replicator. Like, it's very crude and not nearly as precise as yours, but, like, you can see the points where it's like, okay, this is where it would basically start stripping the material from, like, product fed into the hopper on Nat's back. This is where it would rearrange it into a different form and then extrude it into something else. Okay, yeah. Um, hmm. I I mean, I... uh, She'll she'll actually just ask Nat, do you have any, like, blueprints that you could build? Think um, with, or wait, there's something. Let me try, and then all of a sudden, like Nat's face locks up, and you hear this, like the sound of the this, like uh, a machine inside of Nat just starts spinning up rapidly, and all of a sudden the nozzle starts moving back and forth, and it starts printing like this. You'd guess like a tiny, almost like a hand crossbow. It seems to be made almost entirely out of titanium. Uh, and it only seems to be missing, like, the string, but it very clearly looks like a kind of, uh, like a weird, like, wrist-mounted crossbow, almost. And then Nat sort of, like, snaps out of it and goes, oh, that was something. Good this lord. This is so surreal. How do you feel? Um. That's no th- ice cream I've ever seen! Uh, good, actually. Very good. It's almost what? like I was, hmm. Oh, hold on. And you kind of see Nat, like, flick their wrists and, um, like, titanium, what looked like what were blades kind of stick out, but now they've very clearly been, like, shortened down. Oh! Um, so that's what those were. They uh, were a material feeding spectrum. Oh, you... Right, I only told Darian about this. I discovered these blades in my arms shortly after I was awoken. It caused me quite a bit of fright, but I guess it was just the most convenient way to put large amounts of titanium into my system for this. And it kind of gestures toward, they kind of gestures towards the, the 3d printing cavity. 
So, okay. Do you have any other blueprints that you know of? Um, not particularly, but... Um, so she, like, uh, it, uh, they kind of, like, look at your, like, they kind of suddenly, like, uh, like, do you have your gun on you, Carson, on? Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of looks at it for a second, and then it kind of goes, could I borrow that for a second? And, like, Carsonon is torn for a moment because, on the one hand, it's his gun that he made himself and uses to fight a good deal of his crime, but on the other hand, like, his super, like, his fanboy instincts are just screaming at him to get... Give the 3D printing robot your gun. So, uh, yeah, I just... suspiciously raises the chair once again. So. The chair is like the level of the suspicion meter. It's like, low. Yeah, the higher it goes, the more suspicious he is. It's okay. And I just hand the gun over and... So you... Nat starts sort of like taking a look at it a bit. And then it noted, like, it sort of was looking at it. And you can kind of see that they're thinking about, like, different things and looking at it in different ways. But then it kind of like dismisses, it's like, oh, no, no. And then she looks at your thing and says, wait, what are those? And she points to your uh, shock gauntlets. Um, these are my uh, taser gauntlets. D do you mind? <laughs> I take those off and I your hand skin. them over. Do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> your eyes. Ooh, I could use your eyes. So Nat hands the gun back, takes the, the one of the taser gauntlets, starts looking at it, and then it's almost like the plan is slowly formulating in their mind, and they go, yes, okay, okay, this could work. And then it sort of thinks about it for a second, and then once again they lock up, and like there's the, the printing noises effectively, and all of a sudden there's this, um, like, comes out, she, uh, they take it out of the thing, and they kind of like quickly affix it to the taser gauntlets, um, and hand it back to you and says, I don't know if there's something you can try this on, but see if this works. Um, I, what has happened to my gauntlets? They have attached a sort of, almost like a, a series of ridges across where the knuckles are, where the tasing things are. Okay, um, so yeah, I had, like, um, Epimethea, do we have, like, a, you know, a practice range or, like, a training room or anything like that in this space? Uh, there is a practice range that cool. uh, specifically it's more a weapons testing range, but yes, there, there is a, a, a place where you can, I run to the practice range, like a five-year-old on Christmas. Who's just unwrapped his bicycle and is running outside. All right. So you head over to the practice range. Um, and you start to give your taser gauntlets and you sort of like take a stance and you sort yeah. of start trying out your taser gauntlets. Uh, what's the die that uh, determines like that you'd use your taser gauntlets under? Do you have like a gadgets die? Uh, yeah, that is under a D8. Okay, increase that to a D10. Um, okay. you basically like hit this target and you actually feel the kick of the electricity. Yeah. Whatever Nat adjusted on this thing, it's got a lot more kick now. Okay, so yeah, I just punch a target, and I guess it just explodes into, like, with arcs of electricity connecting all the pieces. Yes. Okay, so I just stare at this. <gasps> and I'm just gonna run outside, and carefully taking the gauntlets off first, I just wrap, uh, yeah, I wrap Nat up into the biggest hug possible. It's kind of hard because their torsos expanded, but like yeah. they they understand the sentiment. Yeah. Um, thank then, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So it worked. Yes, it worked so good. These yeah. are so cool. 
I thought so. Some titanium amplifiers on the outside probably will increase the kick pretty significantly. Uh. Though, it seems I'm out of material to create anything else. Amelia! Yes? <laughs> we, we need more titanium rods! Not just titanium. I, I think I could use other things as well. If you can get me scrap electronics, I could probably start harvesting the silicon and gold and start making a bit more designs. They'd be pretty crude, but they'd probably expand my abilities a bit more. Though for now, this is kind of tiring. And uh, Nat kind of like makes a kind of like suddenly transforms back into the more compact version of themselves. Okay. And I... Yeah, that, that's okay. You just take a load off. You've done great, you've done great work, Nat. And I just go over to Epimethea and I just look at her and I just start going, credit card, credit card, credit card. Cassandra just gives you a, a look like, aren't you supposed to be like one of the more most experienced people here? Yes, <laughs> and, my, and my instincts are telling me credit card, credit card. All right. It doesn't have to be new if you could get older electronics. I just need the raw materials, so silicon, gold, hell, even anything with the microchips installed I might be able to use. I, I just, still... I freeze in place. Anything? Well, it would have to be of materials that are useful for the build, but yes. I run out of the room moving almost faster than any of you have ever seen me move. Are we okay with this? Like, just in general? <laughs> the... The Nat having a fabricator? Well, I mean, that and Carsonon suddenly going a bit weapon crazy. Uh, Maybe we could impose a, a kind of isn't budget he like, on this. I thought he was like 30 years old! <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I kind of get that feeling that that's kind of a weird thing as well. But Is this you know. what they call a midlife crisis? As you say this, I run back in, my arms laden with gear. This is the old equipment that um, I used to use before it broke a, a long, long time ago, and I just set it all in front of Nat. And, yeah, I have a moment. No, 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 no. It, so the second you said that, that uh, Cassandra like, puts her arms out, nope, 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 nope. What? Why not? Because the interesting thing about this equipment isn't what it's made of, it's how it's put together. I haven't finished taking it apart yet. <laughs> All right, then. Are, are you sure? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, look, Carsonon, you are asking to, to throw a, a broken down Ferrari in when we could just throw a junker. It does. It, it's about mass, not like value. Uh, All right, I see your point. It's true. We could just go to any recycling center and get some trash electronics. Yeah. <laughs> Look, okay, so... Don't throw away the future tech! Don't throw away the future tech! <laughs> but yeah. why have why have portal gun when it can have more bullet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Cassandra's gonna, like, gently pick up the, the remains of the old Carsonon suit mm -hmm. and, like, take it back to, to... back to the workbench. You don't see it, but off-panel, she puts a lock on the box. Yeah, mm -hmm. I imagine you, like, shove that into, like, the Epimethea vault so our Carsonon can't get at it. Yeah, it's... Look, All right. It's not an upgrade machine. It doesn't just upgrade... Nat doesn't just upgrade whatever we put into them. I hold out my gauntlets as if to, you know, wave them in front of your face. Yes, and we, you, you got that through titanium blades being broken down. 
That that's not how it works. All right. Well, I there mean... is a method to this. <laughs> okay, you know more about this than I do. I'll trust your judgment on this. Right. Okay. All right. Um. So, uh, Epimethea, you also realize now that with the um. With the code now unlocked in that, you could probably also examine it, um, like, you know, through your computer as well to sort of see, okay, maybe there's something else in here just in case. I mean, after all, you don't know if anything else activated in the meantime. Well, also, uh, if we could look at the blueprints, if they're in some kind of standard format, couldn't we just make our own? I mean... Uh... It would yes. be difficult. The multi-layering especially is, I think, a bit beyond current 3D printer technology. Because every like, gives a, like, gives it a thought, like, yeah, but not that the, it's probably <laughs> about on par with what I used to, to, to <laughs> print my weapons. I don't have, they can't do it, but I can. Yeah. <laughs> um, the so. only thing that might be difficult is the only blueprint that I can seemingly find was the one for this, and she holds up the kind of tiny wrist-mounted crossbow. Uh, what I did for Carsonon was entirely ad hoc, and I'm not sure how well you'd be able to access them. So, it wasn't that there you created a, a new schematic, it's that you took what was already there and then creatively applied your own uh, your own uh, understanding of how it worked and how you could improve it. Is that Precisely, about right? Precisely, yeah. Precisely, yes. Mm. It's possible you might be able, now that I've created the blueprint in my mind, you'd be able to do so, but again, I'd rather if you prefer can do it so well on the fly, uh, I, I don't see any reason for us to interfere. Yeah. I'd also appreciate it if you didn't try to um, access the brain while the engine is running. Does that make sense? Well, um, yes. But also, I should probably check you over to make sure that nothing nefarious was also unlocked when your new capabilities came online. That seems reasonable, yes. Okay. So, Cassandra takes out the credit card and hands mm. it to Evelyn, because Evelyn seems to be the only one who understands how this works. Here, get whatever you need for, uh, you think would be useful for, like, stock for Nat. Um, I, I'm going to run a check on their systems. Uh, and Carsonon, do not try feeding anything in, into Nat's fabricator until we've done done the check. Mr. Medium, I, I don't know what you could possibly do. That, that oh, would uh, you should come problems. with me. I'm going to need a spare set of arms. Yeah. I know exactly where we're going. Okay. Mr. Medium places the, the folding chair onto the uh, back into the seated position. Minimum <laughs> suspicion. <laughs> suspicion bar disappears from screen. Yeah. Um, uh, Evelyn, do you need any extra help with that? I'm not exactly good with this whole technology stuff. Um, well, it's just a hunch for now. Uh, but sure, uh, the, the more the merrier. Cool. Um, so, not Nat, not that I don't trust you, but just in case there's a failsafe, could somebody who's a little less punchable than me stay around to, you know, help me in case things get punchy? All right, Gene uh, right. and Mr. Medium do do rock paper rock, scissors. Rock paper scissors. All right, Mr. Medium wins. He's like, ah, all right. I guess I'll stand bodyguard. Okay. All right. So yeah, um, we will. So um, this analysis is probably going to take a bit of time. Carsonon, what are you doing in the mean? Uh, what are you doing while all this is going on? Oh, I am absolutely going to go to uh, basically like 
the the and, dump. Yeah, the dump. <laughs> he's gonna and, use some of that 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 Hopo Avenger scavenging skills he's got. Yes, and so um, I just Carson on Steve, like the 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 news tomorrow is just like this front page spread of like Carson on in a dump, and it's like Carson on going through your trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm down at the dump. Sensei, in... guide me, Hobo Avenger. Yes, I am like a spectral ghost. <laughs> I am seated like outside the dump I am kneeling down on the ground almost in a praying position and I just am whispering Homo Avenger you have taught me everything I need to know the art of the raccoon has served me well in the past now I ask for your guidance once again help if my the hands Homo, uh, if the Homo Avenger were here he would slap you so goddamn hard <laughs> well yes which is good that he's not here so <laughs> He's, he's not with us anymore, which means I don't know where he is. <laughs> Most likely. He is no longer with us. Yeah, because he's in Detroit. Sometimes yeah. I can still hear his voice. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so um, if you're looking for... Uh, so I will say that while the whole spiritualism thing, you know the Hobo Avenger would slap the shit out of you. Yeah. He did teach you that if you needed to scavenge for sort of things, the best place to look if you can get past padlocks... Um, especially if you're looking for like old electronics, is uh, the dumpsters of of um, like best, electronic like store, basically. Yeah. yeah, like Best Buy dumpsters. You have okay. to usually go through a lock, but those are usually filled with just like completely demolished electronics. But if you okay. just need the raw material, that that's pretty much good. Okay, um, I am going to just uh, spend a bit of time going through the dump and seeing if there's anything there. But uh, yeah, if after I'm going to say a little bit of time, I remember that fact and I'm going to hit up like, you know, a large sort of electronics retailer and I'm going to do exactly that by uh, using my, um, would I have to roll anything for like, um, for getting through the lock on the dumpster? I, I mean, you, you could also like, you know where Hit is, you know they have technology, you might want to go through their dumpsters. <laughs> I think their okay, dumpster is so the, probably Yeah, the dumpsters that Hit are a lot more secure. Yeah, yeah the, you know, you think the people working on government technological projects are just gonna throw their stuff in the trash? Normal, like mm. normal people? I doubt it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. They probably if have you a catch it that before it lands in the incinerator, that's pretty good. But then you got to be inside the incinerator. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Um, so do I have to roll anything to loot stuff, Harry? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Um, like you don't get a lot, obviously, because you're just yeah. one person. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll say you managed, like, you basically spend some time collecting raw material, effectively. Yep. Sweet, okay. Alright, um, before we go back to John and, uh, Epimethia and Seishin, um, Mr. Medium and Evelyn, where did you guys head off to with the credit card? Uh, so, Evelyn has this kind of idea in the back of her head. Um, let's say they, like, got a car and are, are driving on the on the way there. She's like, so, uh, Question, I, I guess who is driving? Uh, I'll drive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine so, medium is just like hanging waist like outside the window, like constantly flexing. No, 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 no. Mr. So, medium, if everyone wants to talk to him, Mr. Medium will respect that. Mr. Medium is a good listener. <laughs> so I, I figure for a fabricator, especially if we're going to be making weapons or anything complicated, we're going to need not just bulk metals and, and durable metals, but also... Uh, uh, you know, um, rare earth metals, uh, precious metals, the kinds of things that are found in, in computers and, and uh, uh, sophisticated electronics. And so where's a place where you're going to find a lot of bulk metal and a good supply of uh, precious metals and computer parts? Well, uh, 
the first place I thought of was uh, the recycling center for electronic cars. It's just on the outskirts of town. There's a, a wrecking shop. I think they, they recycle the metals and sell them to people who make phones and stuff. But we could probably buy them bulk. Uh, it might be a weird request, but, you know. Can I get that cute the Tesla? <laughs> yeah, essentially. I imagine how much, uh, you know, lithium and stuff we could get from the batteries alone. I don't really know what we could make with it, but if we could get a, a steady source of the stuff, um, it... it give us a lot of flexibility in the kind of things we could manufacture. I may not need anything more than these two boys. He flexes his arms. But if it helps Kersenon out, well... Oh, yeah. Me neither. Well, I mean, after the whole bird spirit communing thing, I've kind of given up on the gadgets, but uh, we're doing it Wait for the a team, second. right? Did you say spirit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did Gene not tell you? I, I had this whole... Uh, kind of um, dream journey where I meditated and inhaled some incense and I met the, the bird spirit that lives inside me and it told me to stop being so reliant on uh, machines and stuff. Uh, that's why I don't, I don't wear the gadgets anymore. But anyways, it's, it's, not, Wait it's not that a important. Second. How did you fight a bird? How did I fight a bird? Oh, yeah. When this, when the spirit talked to you, did it not try to suplex you? <laughs> Uh, no, it lightly chastised me, which was bad enough. It's Is he just a stop for a second and looked down at the belt and said, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Medium, I'm going to tell you this right now. Do not attempt to fight the bird force. Do not attempt to approach the bird force. <laughs> but anyways, I figure, you know, even if we can't get anything on this one trip, it'd be good to have you along because uh, people know you, you know. Uh, they know Mr. Medium, and so you could be a good spokesperson for the team. Well... Fair enough. All right. So um, I'm going to say, so yeah, I will say that for this, since this is a bit more of like a significant thing, obviously, since giving you guys access to this material sort of opens up new tech trees, if I'm so blunt. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that somebody is going to have to roll it overcome for like basically talking to the people and being like, hey, can we get a couple of like, you know, discarded, te like uh, discarded electric cars? Huh. Because I mean, like, a... like you said, lithium's pretty expensive, so they're not exactly doing this on the house. Yeah, I mean, we have the credit card, but <clears throat> hmm. I mean, like, yeah, uh, Evelyn is is not the most charismatic. She's a good project manager and a people mover, but when it comes to one-on-one -on -one relations, that's not her specialty. What about Mr. Medium? Uh, yeah, Mr. Medium has uh, banter he can use, uh, and he has uh, presence. Right. So, if you're gonna talk, yeah, if one of us has to talk to the the foreman of a recycling center, it seems like you're you're the man for the job. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, give me an overcome roll for this. Uh, that is a five. All right, so that is a success with a minor twist. Are you using a principal while you're doing this? Or is uh, this yeah, I'm using principal of the of the team. Okay. Uh, what is the principal of the team's minor twist again? Um, it is. I think it's. I think it's minor embarrassment. Uh, what did you just, what what embarrassment did you just cause as a representative of your team? Okay, so um, you talk to the guy, you put on a little bit of that good Mr. Medium charm, and I'm gonna say you do Let's just say I could very easily make this my favorite electric card, <laughs> Depot. And at that, the guy kind of like thinks on it for a second, and then he gets that look in his eye that says, you've just made a terrible mistake. 
Uh, so the good news is he w does. He can't really give you like you know one of the ones that's like he can give you uh, like <clears throat> a car basically, um, but it's basically like mostly spent. A lot of the lithium is very heavily corroded. Like this is obviously something that's been sitting in the yard for a while that he just can't really get rid of. And he's like, if you guys want to take it, like that'd be a worry off of my hands. Uh, but uh, Mr. Medium, uh, come with me for a second. And uh, Mr. Medium. You are now put in front of a video camera, and you are now shooting a commercial for this electric car recycling plant. Wait, so, wait, wait, and I, what happened? I thought this was supposed to be a twist. Yes, well, the thing is, you're being basically forced to come up with, uh, like, glowing reviews on the spot, which ah. I'm going to say leads to a very awkward, like, ooh, this is... The best recycling electric car plant in Pacific. Like, you remember those really bad, like, local access commercials? Yeah. Though, it's basically on par with one of those. Cool. It's incredibly memeable. Yes, absolutely. This is Let's made just a meme. say, when it comes to crushing cars, Mr. Medium is one place that he goes. Yes, absolutely. Next discount car crushing electric car. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that name is now canon. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Ned like even you in your Mr. Like as Mr. Medium, you. I'm not gonna write. I'm not gonna read that. <laughs> and yeah, like, Ned is my best friend. <laughs> Yeah, like you've you've as Mr. Medium, you've cut promos before, and uh, you immediately know. Oh, this is. This is awkward as hell, but you you made a deal. Mm -hmm. No, I've got some notes. I think maybe we can. Oh, uh, uh, okay, whatever you say, Ned. Oh, <laughs> starts posing. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you guys managed to get a car for reasonably cheap and a commercial that'll be edited at the whims of Ned. Ah, uh, Ned is a fickle whim setter. All right, a whole electric car. That's better than I had expected. This will give us like, a good, uh, good jumping off point for sure. Yeah, like I said, a lot. Like this one has clearly been on the lot for a while, so the lithium is a little corroded. Um, a lot of the electronics are pretty gunky, and you're not sure if like heat has like warped them in some way that might make the the uh, like material unusable in certain instances. Mm. But hey, it's a lot of raw material. Yeah, we'll be able to salvage something. All right. Uh, so while you guys are figuring out how to like tow that back to the base. Uh, I'm going to say that Epimethea, so you start looking through the code, and most of it is, like, pretty stock standard, like, you know, new power connections created, uh, like, new rerouting of things, uh, how to do programming. Um, one thing that you do also realize is that this code activates another area of that that wasn't in the main code. It's a small power pathway, but it's unusual in that it's basically like uh, it doesn't like root back into the power system. It's basically a dead end. Sorry, mm -hmm. like I, what, what do you mean? Like that it, like it's something that leads from the power supply and doesn't go anywhere, or so it like you know it comes off of the main battery that powers Nat. And usually with electronics, everything kind of has to run through like uh, like a common basically, so that it basically you know drops all of its voltage and comes back. This one doesn't have uh like doesn't have a common it's basically just feeding energy so from the perspective of a circuit it's effectively just having energy fed into it constantly 
which you know is like a pretty telltale sign of something like a transmitter, but there's no like radio waves or anything coming off of Nat. Uh, I, she's gonna like look into that specific like, basically like, short of taking Nat apart, see how how much of that area she can like get an eye on. All right. Well, it's actually a little bit easier because Nat's torso expands. So, like, you ask them to kind of like you know go back into printer mode. And you take a look, and you realize that what it is, is that it's a... Like, looking at it, you finally sort of realize, oh, this is a dead man switch. If Nat, for any reason, like, stops, like, the power is, like, Nat runs out of power, whatever this thing is discharges and sends out, like, a low-frequency, but, ex like, extremely powerful frequency that is picked up by a transmitter. But it would only happen if, like, Nat shut off entirely. As long as there's power running through it, it doesn't actually do anything. Okay. Um, hmm. But you do kind of wonder, hey, what the hell could this dead man switch be for? Because it's not like it blows Nat up. Yeah, no, it just signals something. It, yeah. And and it's not like a complex signal either, right? It's like... No, it's it's uh, like almost like a radio wave almost, though with a bit more penetrating power. But uh, looking at it, you kind of figure that you might be able to replicate the signal with a few of the materials that you have on hand. Well, that's one uh, option. So, um, Epimethea is going to explain basically what she found to Nat. A dead man's switch? Yeah, it looks like some sort of very simplistic signal. But the... Um, and, it, and it seems to basically be... As long as a, a constant charge is, is maintained on it, it seems like it'll be fine, but... Um, but if I shut off for any reason, it would activate? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we can try to maybe... Not cut it off from the power source, but maybe... Uh, like, break into the other side and drain drain the... Basically turn it into a, a complete circuit so that it so that it will effectively never go off, or we could remove it entirely without triggering the dead man switch. Mm -hmm. So, uh. I will say that um, if you're going to attempt this, you would basically need is that it's a um, it's a dead man switch that works on negative edge. So if it loses power or discharges, it turns on. So if you want to remove it, you'd have to have it, like, plugged into a constant power supply. Yeah, yeah well, that's the... Um, basically, uh, what Evometheus is thinking is like basically opening it up like supplanting the power supply so it's all, like outside of nat and then trying to like disassemble it from without disturbing the power supply it's doable but it's also like nestled in pretty close to like some what you would assume are pretty vital components so it would be a very delicate surgery think like brain surgery almost yeah, yeah. no like the the like, Evamethe is just, like, talking about options at this point. Because well, yeah, one thing okay. she's thinking is that if she can attach it to a battery and feed it in, like, signal side first into Nat's, like, hopper, Nat might be able to actually take it apart before the signal gets sent out. Oh, I see. Um, one thing I will also say is that it is kind of connected directly to Nat's uh, hydrogen cell. So the actual power it's receiving is gigantic. Like, we're talking hundreds of kilowatts basically so the main problem would be like you could probably do it it's a delicate surgery the main problem would be finding a power supply strong enough to keep it operational 
Yeah, yeah, no. She, she's already like thinking about this and like thinking about okay, well, like, how many fusion cores do I have? Ah, oh, that's not gonna work. Yeah, well, it's like okay, well, maybe if we built a, a super capacitor and like charged it for a while, we could get enough to like do a quick like remove and then like immediately yeah. try and disassemble it. Like, like this isn't something something that she's worried about going off right now. Because is she it, like is she like openly muttering to herself in a way that would stress somebody out? <laughs> like if I take out the take off the head, but no, I can't take off the head. <laughs> no, like it, what if I go it, in through the eyeballs? <laughs> well, the, the the thing is that Nat has now shown a like like before Nat didn't seem to have any like technical aptitude. So uh, so Cassandra's essentially using them as a sounding board. Like, hey, what do you think of this? What what do you think of this, this idea? Because clearly they understand how like circuits and stuff work because of the the work that they did on on yeah, the, on the uh, yeah and, and like it, it's basically like posing ideas of like okay well like the 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 first issue is generating the, enough power the second issue is getting in there with like a f without you know yeah disturbing so, yeah. anything. Like, so yeah, you have a bit of a, like a back and forth uh, about this, and you kind of bounce ideas off each other. Um, Nat ultimately decides, like, well, if it's benign, and I don't think my power reserves are going to uh, uh, disintegrate anytime soon, I'd rather leave it for now. No sense disturbing something that isn't causing a problem. Is your uh, fabrication uh, highly energy intensive? Um, it's kind of. But a lot of that is sort of um, built off of. It is, but the thing is, is that the relative vo uh, the relative voltage level is what's charging the dead man switch. So it's fairly intensive. But as long as the battery does the if hi sorry the hydrogen cell that Nat is using, um, like drops its voltage levels, the dead man switch keeps being charged. Okay. Yeah, I'm just like. You like, imagine this if you gave a, a, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I like. FMT is just. Uh, wondering like what like because these two things are obviously connected like is there a chance that Nat will burn themselves out using the fabricator it's... is actually what she's more worried about at this okay. point Okay, it is possible if you like ask them to build a very large object but as long as you can build it in like piecemeal parts and give Nat like a bit of time to kind of like basically rest and recover it should be fine so any big project is going to be something that has to be done over like a matter of days yeah yeah uh cassandra will start writing a, a, up a rule sheet for for everyone who's not her and nat and or uh the pelicanetic you know mainly for carson on <laughs> but like it, it's mainly for carson on but like Cassandra isn't convinced that Mr. Medium won't ask for something dumb, like mm. the world's largest folding chair. <laughs> the ultra what, folding chair. What if chair? I could make a folding chair that was indestructible? What about a folding <laughs> chair that can fly? <laughs> yeah, just like, basically just writing up some, like, guidelines and limitations. Mm. So, right. so that nobody makes a dumb request that accidentally kills our friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. All right. So, uh, so you start going through a bit of the. So you start going through the code. That's really the only other thing that pops out. And then you also find um, the blueprint file for the little wrist-mounted crossbow that uh, Nat built. And it is actually in a file type that you can run. So if you do like somehow manage to get access to Nat's 
brain. Theoretically, you could extract the uh, the blueprints, basically. Okay. Well, yeah. I, uh, I I think like Cassandra would be more interested in like, hey, could you actually like because you don't read the the file through? Do you read the file through like in a like uh, an adapter, or do you read that that as a binary file? Uh, not sure. At least not for the one that isn't that. And that points to like the the blueprint of the the wrist mounted crossbow that you sort of opened up on one of the screens. It's, I'd imagine it's like accessing a memory, so possibly binary. Mm, okay, because I'm just thinking that that if we give you a human like interface, if you could just manually code out any blueprints. At this point, it's probably better to just create a more advanced AutoCAD that that we can use to to plan things out. True. That would also require some sort of interface to work with me, though. Uh, after all, I'm not exactly built for that sort of thing. Mm, yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, like, like something that the two of us could, like, pass, work on together so we're working off of the same document and I don't have to tr attempt to read what you're you're actively thinking of when, when uh, making designs. I see. Of course. That makes sense. You yeah. think we could work together on something like this? I don't see why not. I, you you seem to have some uh, amount of technical know-how that I, I that you I didn't realize before. If you want to help out with any with building anything, I'd I'd be happy to collaborate with somebody. <laughs> hey, what? We can't all be tech geniuses. Gene says he's like reading a newspaper. Yeah, I'm gonna say that it's as you say. Um, it'd be nice to have somebody to collaborate with. Carson on, on his way back to the base just inexplicably shudders for a moment and <laughs> has no idea why. Yeah. And but then uh, Nat sort of like is looking at the screen and then goes, wait a minute, what's that? And Nat zooms in on a section of the uh the blueprint. <laughs> and um there's like this weird tiny like block system inside of it that like you didn't pick up because it's built inside of it. But looking at it, you realize that it's actually the receiver for whatever signal that dead man switch sends out. Uh, I'm not sure if we should be worried about that again. Wait, that... that Cassandra will, like, take a look at that. It's like, so, does the, the does the dead man switch fire the crossbow? Is that um, what this is? I mean, you'd have to mimic the frequency to find out, but yeah, like, somehow the two are connected. Wait, so... So we have a physical version of this crossbow, right? Yes. And it's essentially one solid piece because it's been 3D printed, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah, that's not going to be easy to crack open. Yeah, that's all titanium there. Um, hmm. This is very odd. You, thi you think back, and it's possible, actually, that because Carsonon's gloves were a bit more ad hoc it might be possible to get a look at those things a bit better through his gloves rather than the crossbow. Yeah, but Carson took his gloves with him, didn't he? Uh, I mean, Carson, he's probably going to come back at some point. He might smell a little bit, but he'll be back. Right. Okay, that's... Hmm. <sighs> okay, Nat, I think I have enough spare parts around here to build a toaster. Do you think oh. you could make a toaster? I could certainly try. Okay, nice. because Super I, want toaster. A, I, I, I want something that's not immediately lethal to whoever it's pointed towards in case I, this 
light to test the signal on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want any super toasters. I don't want any toasters that can shoot bread at 200 miles an hour. I just <laughs> want a regular toaster. I understand. And you try it out and the toast launches into orbit. So yeah, you uh, you feed a couple things into Nat's thing. Um, Nat kind of asked if you have a toaster like around that they could kind of get like an idea of like a blueprint for. And I, I, I am sure that somewhere somebody has put like a 3D printer <laughs> thing of how to 3D print a toaster. Oh god, that would be so bad though, because they'd all be made out of plastic and they'd melt. Yeah, no, but like. It would show effectively how the toaster works still, which is really what Nat Let's needs. Let's be honest, there's a YouTube channel out there where the guy makes the toaster and then toasts it and then it melts and then he eats the toast anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's William Osmond's uh, domain and we do not tread there. <laughs> hey, uh, like, wasn't there a person who, who like tried to make a toaster from scratch? Yes, I remember that TED talk. Yeah, like... Wild. Yeah, yeah, because I had to, like, pull up something like that of, like, a how it works for toasters. All right, so, yeah, that takes a bit of a moment. You feed in some supplies, and about a couple minutes later, uh, like, a toaster pops out. It's pretty bare bones, but it's a very basic, functional toaster. What if toaster was one solid unit? <laughs> I will say that, like, judging from the way that the, um, the 3D printing process works, the crossbow was kind of the exception. Um... But for anything that seems to be, like, electronic, it actually looks like the extruder does kind of switch materials um, somehow, probably by separating them, uh, before, like, printing in different layers. Yeah. Yeah. Cassandra's uh, just going to, like, try and figure out... Like, is now doing calculations on, okay, what would actually block this signal? Um, it's Cotton pretty... Lead. It's Yeah, like, large sheets of lead would probably do it. It's yeah. pretty powerful. It's not like, you know, like, oh, it'll cause, like, it's pretty powerful. Like, if you've got metal fillings and you're standing really close to the origin point of it, especially if the one that Nat's using goes off, you'd probably, like, pick up the frequency in your teeth. It's got to be powerful enough that it can escape the tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You'd estimate, yeah. based on the amount of power, like, if Nat's doing this in Pacific City, it'd probably cover most of the city. Right. Most, if not all, the city. Okay, so... I will say, however, that if you know what the receiver is, and you have the ability to make the frequency, you can just kind of, like, build a frequency generator and just slowly crank up the power and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's basically what she'll do, is, like... Like, away from Nat's crossbow and Nat and, like, every... Like, basically in as much of an isolated chamber as as Cassandra can make, she's going to, like, test the, like, test the toaster with the signal and see what happens. Alright, so, so you set up the toaster, you put in an ego, uh, mm -hmm. you go to, like, a, a frequency generator that can output the signal, and you just start, like, turning it on, and you slowly start, like, tuning it higher, more powerful, more power, more power, and eventually you notice that the, uh, like, the toaster... And once you get to, like, a certain power level, the toaster just, like, smoke comes out of it. Hmm. And not the uh, the smoke that the toast has done. The smoke is in, like, ah, you've done something bad to the electronics. So, like, the like <laughs> the, the toaster ba basically fried itself. Yes. So, yeah, and, like, she'll turn off the, the signal and then proceed to take the toaster apart as best she can. Yeah. So, in um the uh, like buried in the electronics is that same resonance uh circuit 
that you found in the crossbow. Though obviously with the crossbow, it was made out of solid titanium, so it doesn't really do anything. With this one, it actually does, like, basically cook the electronics. Ah. So it seems that the Dead Man Switch uh, is designed to destroy advanced constructs that Nat creates. Uh, well, wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah, so uh, Cassandra will come back out with the fried toaster. Jesus, what the hell did you do to that thing? It's what the thing that... Apparently everything uh, Nat builds has this receiver in it. Though I, I assume that if Nat were just to process materials into more solid materials... Wait, like, so even this thing and, like, Gene holds up the crossbow? I assume that there's some sort of circuit in there. If, um, I mean, if anything that has some sort of circuit in it is probably going to fry if, if that signal goes out. Um, huh. So what? As long as Nat's operate, But as long as that Nat's operational, we don't have to worry about that, right? Right. But, um, it, the, the, the problem is, is that if somebody found out about this frequency. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I get it. But I mean, who could possibly know that outside of the, well, whoever built them? Yes. So that's the thing. The problem is, is that we don't know why we know that there's some sort of connection to the ax gang and to core, um, with Nat and with the, if we have the assumption that Nat was, built to basically be a weapon fabrication platform. No offense, Nat. None taken. I could see how that you'd come to that conclusion. That whoever uh, that the, the the point would be to basically be an arms dealer who can uh, forcefully recall any of their product. And thus keep everyone on a really short leash. Mm-hmm. That does seem like something that Core would do, but I mean... Marino already owns most of the criminal underworld in the city. Why would he need illegal weapons that he controls gunning through it? I think probably for the same reason that uh, that most of Blair Tech ha has a similar um, failsafe on their machines, so that you can sell weapons that that you get to choose how they're used. Huh. Yes, that would make sense. And I will say at this point, um, I'll say Carsonon and uh, Mr. Medium and Palakinetic have managed to return from their relative adventures. Okay. I so have... Carsonon, uh, you come in with a bunch of broken down DVD uh, Blu-ray combo players, mm. uh, and you also smell a bit. Yeah, I'm whistling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I come in, I set them down on the table. Okay, so... Epimethia, uh, you're welcome to go through all this. Just see, you know, what's gonna... Wait, wait. <clears throat> and I just uh, take the helmet off and... Oh, okay, now I can breathe again. All right. Um, yeah, Epimethia, like, look through this. Let me know what'd be good to work with, what wouldn't be. Uh, and then I just kind of sense something. Is everything okay? At this moment, uh, Mr. Medium enters uh, carrying car. <laughs> yeah, put place car down. Yeah. Oh. Hey, folks. Wow. What, what the what hell? What happened in here? Did somebody die? Not <laughs> really. We're just. Uh, we've. Well, uh, it smells like it. Yeah. No. That that that's Carson on. Um. Uh. What? And then I just. Air, uh, I, did you have some air freshener? I'll. Uh. You know. So I smell myself a little, and 
Oh, okay, yeah. Um, all right. Sorry about that. I'm I'm gonna go take a shower. Uh, so you yeah. smell like you just went ten rounds with BJ the Swell Smeller. <laughs> I just I just give Mr. Medium a look and okay, I needed to hear that. Thanks, and I'm just gonna go to the shower. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he doesn't smell swell. He's a swell guy who smells bad. Gene Brandon, takes like, you a can take the belt off now, please. Pop for all of us. I call out for the, from the bathroom. So yeah, and I will say that um, Ephemethia will explain everything that happened uh, to you guys, more or less. So my suggestion is, like, not that we can't make use of Nat's new abilities, but we should be wary that most likely Core will have the ability to shut them down if we use them recklessly. Ah, you see. But you can't shut down the ultimate weapon! And he picks up a chair. <laughs> uh, joke's on you. That chair is connected to the Internet of Things. Sorry, I forgot. I just said a, a second ago they took off the belt. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Brandon just nods. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah... I mean, but the good news is, at least for the time being, we might be able to get a little bit of an edge on our enemies. Though, I mean, I don't really need much. Though, Epimethia and uh, Nat were talking about maybe collaborating on something, so who knows? Maybe they can build something that works for... Well, maybe they can build some interesting technology we can use. But yeah, yeah let's not get too reliant on it. If nothing else, we can use uh, Nat's abilities as a prototyping range, and then... Uh, we and then I can attempt to to build the, uh, build uh, whatever we're uh, whatever we're working on, without the uh, kill switch in it. Ah, uh, uh, could possibly work. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it it will be less efficient, and but it also might not be a bad idea to for one use items, uh, things like the uh, like the uh, foam grenade bullets or the. Um, or any, basically any of Carson on special ammunition uh, would probably be pretty safe to, to manufacture. It's not much yeah. to kill in, well, technically the, the, the lightning bolts are, are would, would fail pretty catastrophically, so maybe not those. <laughs> yeah, let's not worry about, have to worry about exploding lightning ammunition. Mm -hmm. But, okay, uh, yeah. Okay, so at this point, I guess I'm gonna come back out like in a clean change of clothes and Ugh, sorry, I didn't know how much those things stank until I took a moment. I'm gonna take those home. I'm gonna clean out that suit myself tonight. Yeah. Um, I should probably be heading home as well. Uh, it's starting to get a little bit late. I did fight a giant slime fish today. Yeah, mm. it's true. I could probably use a shower of my own. And uh, yeah, so with that, Gene will like, wave goodbye, and uh, he heads out through one of the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, uh, Epi mm, Epimethea. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you want to hang out for a little while, talk some ideas regarding equipment and things like workshop some ideas together? Um, sure. I I really actually don't have all that much to do. I was probably going to hang out anyway. Um, cool. All right. So with this, it seems like um, stuff is starting to wind down. Yeah. And with that, the evening continues. Um, Carsonon and Epimethea workshop a few ideas, but it's a lot of just like getting stuff on the board and like, mm. you know, figuring out brainstorming. But I'm um, going to say that this is. Yeah. Oh, 
Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. it's it's a lot of it is Carson on proposing ideas and Epimetha shooting those down because they aren't either they're not feasible or they're not practical. Yes. What about bullets that can go around corners? No, yeah. no, stop it. <laughs> hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listen to these nerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.